Welcome again, Pudding People. You're with your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger, for another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. Good evening. We are going to be going over yet another movie review. Uh, it is going to be spoiler heavy, as always, so just please be aware that we are going to be going over every little bit of plot that we think is interesting, every character development, every everything, so... Odds are good by this time. You've likely seen the movie, but if not, be warned. We will be reviewing Avengers Infinity Age of War. Ultron. Oh, no. oh, 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 my fault. Oh, no. I thought we were doing. No, okay. It is Infinity War. But, however, we will be doing a short little one minute hey, what about this movie that has no spoilers in it before we start talking about the actual content in the movie that is certainly so so you know just in general what feelings did you get for for uh for our audience members out here what did you think about the movie if it's still in the movie theaters now okay i'll preface by saying this review that we're doing is going to be out in time for the release of the movie on basically home video you know home video vcr uh vhs um not counting laser disc not counting streaming, yes. But the idea is, if this thing is still in the movie theater and you have not seen it, even though it's coming out at home, go to the movie theater and spend your money to watch it, then go to somewhere and purchase it, is what I would say. Definitely. I, I agree. Uh, viewing it both ways, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it multiple times at home. Uh, I wish I could have seen it more in the theaters when, when I had the uh, opportunity. The time, alas, was not kind, and I only was able to see it the one time. But I'm, it was vibrant enough in my mind to leave a very strong impression. Yeah, I got to see a... I uh, got to see, see it a couple times, and it was well worth it because you watched it. We watched it the first time, mm-hmm. the day that it was released, and then soaked it in, read other reviews, read other bits of info, maybe some some things. Hey, did you notice this? Did you notice this? So that when you get to watch it a second time, you notice all of those things. At least for for me, of course, that's a, what I was trying to pay attention to. The second time through was all the other things that I possibly could have missed. Try and find those little Easter eggs and the little goodies here and there. But uh, so, yeah, so we both definitely agree. See it in theaters if they give you another chance to do so. I'm sure they will. I mean, there's there's no way they won't put it in theaters again. It's too important. I bet it'll there will be a double screening when the next Avengers film comes out. Uh but that means, in general, instead of a watch it at home or watch it in the in the movie theaters, yes, see, yes is the answer. Watch it always. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to purchase it. Definitely purchase it. Uh, I think uh, I think many people agree. What did it uh, get up to? Thirteen billion dollars or whatever, and and. Now, worldwide sales, some ridiculous amount of uh, overall sales. I was just checking on that, and it's over um, two billion at this point worldwide, which is truly impressive. There are very, very few movies that exceeded that dollar total. Now, of course, there's going to be people that are going to want to adjust for inflation and all the other stuff, and 
for those who wish to do that, go right ahead. I, I my my brain space is limited. I I have it set for more important things like all the names of all the characters and their histories and how they relate to the original comics and what's the difference between the Golden Age and the Silver Age and. It's the it's the color. Why why worry about uh, why worry about finance stuff? Yeah. Well, just by comparison, I do believe so. One of our favorite movies that we've reviewed so far in a short time has been Deadpool two. Certainly, I think that one is over seven hundred million worldwide. Just to give you a comparison, something Absolutely. to go by. And that one was certainly very good. So now that we've gotten the spoiler free stuff out of the way. Uh, let's kind of just jump into it. So, um, obviously, we're going to be using our standard scoring system that will give us an overall percentage that generally reflects how we feel about the movie. We divide it into cast, director, costume and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and any bonus points that we decide that we want to give to the film. Um, so we, uh, we've always, at least I've always felt that it's easier to compartmentalize each of these individual things because they all play a role in making the movie experience more interesting. And, uh, I just realized that in our previous reviews, I had never really said why I divided anything up in any specific way. And I felt that it, uh, bared addressing just at least in some small way. Well, you're right. And then you, you can always, if we talk about certain aspects of the movie and you're, into those movies enough that you can go back and watch them second, third, fourth time. You know, maybe you'll identify a couple of things that we have spoken about in particular uh, scenes, particular people that you see, or particular backdrops that are used in there. Like, oh, I never noticed that before. You know, just a little stuff like that. Certainly so. Certainly so. Well, let's start. Instead of, uh, I, I tend to just meander around what is what and uh, figure out where we want to go. Instead, we're just going to go in list order as I have it on the page right here. Let's start with the easy part, which is also the most difficult part, which is the cast. Okay. So I think typically... In the universes that are out there right now in the movie world, you have Marvel, you have DC, and a couple others. Marvel tends to get it right. Um, we've talked about it before. There's a couple changes that they'll go through here and there from character standpoint, um, actor character standpoint. But for the most part, they just tend to get it right. Yeah. And these are all the same people that we've seen all throughout this universe, Definitely. save the Black Order. And the Black Order, you really just, they were all CGI. There were actors there Certainly. providing their voice, but you didn't really see them because they were computer generated. So I, I think from a cast standpoint, everybody that you liked and all the other ones before are already in this movie. But that is what kind of bears addressing, too, because the thing that is wonderful about this film is also potentially what could be something that is terrible about the film because it is an embarrassment of riches of characters and everything that they're, that they're trying to shoehorn into the film so that they can have as much of a payoff of this massive weaving of different stories and movies and everything together that they've been doing. Uh, I mean, literally every character that is was important essentially was in the film with very few exceptions yeah. i mean on the main some, some substance yeah, yeah on the main cast of of fistus cuffs uh uh dolor outers you know you didn't have ant-man you didn't have the wasp you didn't have hawkeye which they addressed in the film yep um and we'll see you in the next one so and they uh 
they didn't have some of the secondary characters. But even even in those instances, they were referenced in most most respects. Yeah, they didn't disregard those. People. No. So a lot of, uh, if not necessarily uh, attention to uh, chronological continuity, they were definitely trying to ca- keep up with a continuity of, of feeling and ambiance and, and flow uh, that the other movies had set up, right? That and, so that this is 10 years worth of Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of combining into one big thing. You know, some of the big characters even showed up. Like, the big ones that I'm thinking of are, like, Nick Fury. He wasn't in this movie, but he was. Mm. He showed his face, right? So, like, right if you stick around, right at the very end, you get to see one of a lot of people's favorite characters sneaking his way in there. And then, of course, the hidden character, the hidden bad guy that's in there, that's not a bad guy, is, you know, more spoilers here, Red Skull. Like, that was sweet to see that because everybody had speculated forever. Like, they did, all the bad guys always die, for well, the most part. For the most part. And he didn't die. Yeah. He it, just He just went disappeared. He just went away. Yeah. So that was, that was a different cast member. Yeah. Um, it was kind of sad that it wasn't Hugo Weaving, but eh. he kind of hated doing it anyway. Yeah, as good as he was at it, he just didn't like doing it. Yeah, I mean, it makes like I said, it makes me a little sad for a variety of reasons. Just because I like Hugo Weaving quite a bit and and his other portrayals of things, but also uh, it irks me any time that an actor is changed on a character. It makes me want to pull my hair out because it's, it's, it's the thing that you cannot look away from it. You just keep seeing it. And it's hard for me to not do that. And they do a good job of continuing on, you know? Well, you know, at least in this one, the, the person is kind of hidden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you don't see the immediate, you don't know necessarily that it's a different person. It is a different person. Um, Ross Marquand, who is in the walking dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got YouTube videos. I do believe out of him doing a lot of different voices for things as well. So yeah, that voice acting was pretty on point. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people that will pick it apart just a little bit more, but for the vast majority of people that are going to watch it, like my, you know, at first myself included, I, cause I tried to keep myself as, Uninformed about the movie because this, oh, yeah. this was my payoff. I don't want to know. So I, I thought it was Hugo Weaving for a moment. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. yeah. It's hard nowadays to not pay attention to things because people post everything. Uh, one of my favorite things to look at is IMDb. There's always even just headlines. Not, the, not even reading the story. It's just the headline of the story can ruin a lot of stuff. It's the same thing in YouTube. It was real hard for a couple weeks leading up to this to absolutely not pay attention to anything related to this movie. You know, it seems a lot, and this is maybe more commentary than I normally do, but it seems sometimes that the media is like that attention-starved friend that really, really wants to feel important to you, so just will constantly barrage you with stuff. Well, look at what I know, and look at this, and look at this, and look at this. It's like, no, just stop it and go away. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're around normally, but... Um, I don't want to leave me alone for a little while. Yeah, get out of my face. Um, but you know, obviously, 
with the cast of individuals that they have that, and talking about how they nail it normally, that's great. But what about screen time? There are so many characters. Did you feel at any point that they were fighting for screen time or that it was too crowded or that they were just trying to stick it in as a small beat that didn't really play to the plot? No, I didn't see a lot of that. Um, I, I, you can, you can, I think, to a small extent, feel that certain scenes, certain elements of things are rushed to get together. That's that's a later subject. We're just talking about yeah. the peeps here. But the movie's like two and a half hours long, so it's got plenty it, of time. It, it could have been four hours long, and we probably would have been. Yeah, that's cool. But um, I, I didn't see that necessarily. A lot of people got FaceTime as much as as people could get uh, i think obviously you see a lot of thanos facetime so josh brolin got a lot of you know that made me happy green screen dots on your face voice acting time so there was there was, a, there was plenty of him the heroes you know they had their own elements everybody had a lot of chunks of time i mean and shoot even rocket had plenty of FaceTime in there too. So I, I when all the characters are good in their own sense and in their own world, it's hard for them to eat into other actors and other screen time. So I think the writing and everything did a good job melding everything together, which is very hard in this type of environment. Yeah, you're not kidding. That's kinda kinda crazy. Um so yeah, so in general I felt the same way. I, I thought that I never felt that it was that it was too crowded for the number of people. I, I would have liked, I would have liked to have a little more of um, a little more time to to see each of them. Like you're saying with the, with the time frame, I, I could have dealt with another half an hour just just for for spacing. But of course, that's really pushing the patience and the bladders of of the viewers at that point. It's not quite. Lord of the Rings intensity of uh, of following uh, in some respects. Yeah, well, I mean, those are a couple of those movies approach three hours, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's out of the realm of doing, but I, you know, like like Ant Man and the Wasp, for example, they try to keep that at the two hour mark, right? So like certain yeah. of those features, they try to keep them toned down and under control when it comes to time frames, and I think they probably had an idea on this one as well, and they definitely probably recorded a lot of different segments and they had it okay we have a four-hour movie now let's get it down to two and a half can we do it and then editing go the thing that really impressed me because you know you have the uh each of the individual movies you know who the star is or who the stars are the ones that are supposed to be taking center stage these are the primary characters these are the ones that you're going to be seeing they all shared the screen really, really well. I mean, I didn't didn't feel that anybody got slighted or uh, had less uh, less of a role as necessary. All of the actors gave excellent performances. I thought, um, you know, it's just it, it. This is one of those very few instances where I have to go with a twenty on casting out of twenty. I mean, you could not have gotten any better on the casting in this. No, we, we, we know everybody. And like I said, the only thing that's really different is the, the black order. And then of course Thanos. Yeah. But that, that's, that's it, man. So like the, 
a lot of all those characters are CGI characters that are new with some voice acting and body modeling combo types of things. And even those were done pretty well, too. So I have to admit, I was a little concerned about Josh Brolin a little bit, but that's just because that character is my favorite character from the comics. So looking at his other work, I just didn't see see Thanos in him really and the little bits that he had done in the movies thus far didn't really give an indication of how he would be able to uh, to portray but man he was dead on sold on it and then when you watch Deadpool 2 you're like that's Thanos talking so like you know it's, <laughs> he, I, yeah he he did a good job alright so that that takes us to our to our director portion of the program so what did you think about the direction on this one? Well, uh, there is a reason that these guys are in control to an extent of the MCU right now. It's because they do a good job. Yeah, they really do. They they did what is widely considered one of the top MCU movies in the Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. And that got them on lockdown from there on out to basically do what, eh, not whatever, but, you know, for the most part, whatever they needed to do to make the movies pretty good. And I even saw a little snippet of an article about when Josh Joss Whedon had his elements of Thanos in the movies that he had done previously, mm-hmm. he even said, like, I don't know what to do with this guy. So when he did the things in place that he did, he was just like, I've got to get this presence in there, but I don't know what to do with this guy. They did, obviously. They, yeah. they knew how to present the character they knew how to present the family, how to, to work with the story, with the actors. And I'm, yeah, these guys are solid. Well, and, and the, the one thing that, that I, again, this kind of was concerning, when you've got so many actors with so many personalities and so many um, motives and you're going to have rewrites of the script and you're going to have little edits here and there, and it's always going to be a juggling act with any movie trying to trying to get it going. But when you've got a movie that has this much writing on it in terms of expectations and culmination, I can't imagine. Don't forget budget either. Oh yeah, no ridiculous budget. But the number of fires that I that I expect that they had to pull uh, put out and to and to just change. How how difficult had to that be? Had had how difficult was that really for them? It had to have been just a monumental task. Well, and, and just I guess let's put it in perspective. There's been how many Marvel movies so far, and they've done the Winter Soldier, they've done Civil War, they've done this Avengers, and then they're going to do the next one. So pretty much ugh, like. All the best movies in the family of movies, pretty much, are the Russo brothers. So, well, that that definitely says something. Now, they're they're not obviously perfect. There's there's some some areas where, <clears throat> I mean, the directors, it's kind of like uh, the manager at a given 
uh, fast food restaurant or any other manager, you know, all all errors, uh, all problems kind of ultimately drop at their feet for the for at least for the perceptible public. Uh, uh, you know, some things that are going to be beyond anyone's control. But so so keeping that in mind, you know, talking about the directors trying to get the best the best performances out of people. It seems to me that certain certain people kind of, uh, you know, and we talked about, or at least I, I mentioned that, you know, that seemed like they had even screen time and everything like that. Some people seem to kind of project into it, and some didn't, whether that's a writing thing or whether it's a directing thing. So, like, you know, thinking about this even months after watching it, clear in my mind, Doctor Strange, clear in my mind, Spider-Man, clear in my mind, uh, Iron Man, uh, clear in my mind, Gamora, uh, clear in my mind, um, Thor. Black Panther? Eh, meh. Not, not so clear. Uh, I, I mean, it, he obviously, sh- at least in my mind, it feels like he should be clearer even at this point because he was such a pivotal uh, plot device and well, character. Was he? He, well, he was in Civil War. I think in this movie it was more Wakanda well, and yes. his his sister and the warriors that he had with him. But him, not nah, so much. Not so much. Like he was kind of in this movie, kind of a minor character. And 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 in some in some ways, I felt that kind of is whether it's a matter of his performance or whether it was a matter of how he's directed or whether it's a matter of editing. It's it just didn't kind of you know in in the Black Panther movie he obviously had that punch in the in the Captain America movie he had that punch and and this one is like yeah and, and I'm here and just that if I had kind of a disappointment that would be a little bit of it cuz Black Panther is such a cool character uh, and Chadwick Boseman does a good job in his other portrayals of them. Mm-hmm. And it just may have been, again, there just wasn't enough space and enough time, and they just had the Black Panther movie, so they didn't want to just kind of overdo it on that. Uh, Ride the wave on it. You yeah. Know, I, I, you're right. I think what they were really focusing on on this one, and you can see at the end everybody that was alive, the, the focus on a lot of this was some of the original ones and probably the ones that are going to carry it on through. So like, like Iron Man obviously was front and center. I I feel like a lot, um, Captain America, Thor, like those elements were, were always there. Like all the people that, I don't know, that just kind of held their own in movies in the past. Black Panther only had the one movie. So he just, that's not what I'm saying, like the one movie, well, you can't do it with just one movie. What I'm saying is the ones that have had multiple movies and have pulled things seem to be the ones that stood out a little bit more compared to everybody well, else. Well, but at the same time, I, I didn't get, uh, actually, Captain America didn't pop so much for me either. 
I mean, he, he was definitely there, and he was definitely prominent in several spots. And he was a, a linchpin in getting things going, so important in that respect. But I can't think of a single scene off of the top of my head where I go, yeah, that's Cap right there, and that's him being him, and it's super important. He had well, some fights. and I like the scene where they were in uh, Ireland, and they're fighting everybody, and then out of the shadows comes. Well, the Kevin. reveal, the reveal was fine. Like that, that has nothing to do with his. Pre- it was just, it was the scene as a whole. No. But that's that's one of the scenes that I remember mostly from, like that stands out from that movie. That well, scene. and the thing is, I know he was in, it, so obviously he was a major part of the final battle scene and and his uh, retrieval of of of, of uh, Bucky or Winter Soldier, however you want to call him, uh, Mad Hatter, as I like to call him. Um, uh, or the the stuff uh, as they're trying to you know with uh, with Black Widow and the rest of them going around trying to do whatever it is they're doing it, but nothing just really it just didn't didn't. Yeah, I think yeah. more of the impact ones were kind of like what you're saying, especially the the Doctor Strange character who is you know maybe not often. Given a chance, yeah. maybe, or maybe because it's a magic thing, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know, superhero, mutant, whatever the thing is that you are superhero of," and this is magic. So it's like a side thing, but yeah. I, I think he was good. And I, I liked, oh, yeah, I liked definitely. the direction for his character in this one. Well, the, the, I was especially happy about that too, because just coming from comic books and reading so many of these crossovers in the past and so many of these major events, pivotal character in most of them, Doctor Strange. He is the guy uh, in, that you need help from in pretty much anything. Okay, yeah, we got to have Doctor Strange. What are we fighting? Space aliens. We got to have a Doctor Strange. What are we fighting? Demons. We got to have Doctor Strange. <laughs> what are we fighting? Tooth decay. Yeah, okay, we got to have Doctor Strange. Well, we did have a sighting of the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Yes, we did. That was particularly fun. But, you know, so all in all, from what I can see, being an untrained individual and, and, and not having gone through any sort of film school, just being somebody that has enjoyed many, 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 many movies. Many movies? Many movies. Like Minnie Mouse movies? <laughs> well, maybe one of those. Um, it's good. You know, I can't, I don't know if I could give them a perfect score on this, but shoot, darn near. Well, when you, I think when you manage the amount of people and the amount of expectation and the budget, you know, the budget's over $300 million for a movie. That's just for this movie. You know, we're not talking about the next one no. that they filmed kind of back to back on these things. Pulling the Matrix, right? Yeah. It just the movie is really, really, really good. And even if you don't think the movie is the most amazing thing, I think the aspect that makes them really good in this is managing everything appropriately. Script, people, money, expectations, the force, the weight of everybody above them at uh, Marvel slash Disney and just what comes with having to direct this thing and manage this thing as a whole. That's where the marks really elevate, I think. Absolutely. I'd probably give him or them, 
I should say. Sorry, I probably give them. I'm used to dealing with a singular director. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably a 17 out of 20 for me. Mm. Let's go with a 19. 19 for you. All right, so that will move us on to costume and props. Uh, always fun. You know, there's always, you got to have those items that, that tie you visually, whether it's the representation of the uh, of the characters or whether it's the, the toys that they're playing with. Some things were kind of more the same, but some were updated. So let's, let's start with the good, um, at least on my side. I thought the, uh, what they did with the Iron Man armor, that was fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's CGI, but I'm counting it as costuming because it's the costume for the hero, and that's just <laughs> that was just too cool. Yeah, that's and it you know every time there's a new Iron Man sighting within a Marvel movie, his armor has changed. It's evolved in some form or fashion, and of course, this one fits the bill too. The be you know the fanciest type with his little hoodie that he's got pulls a couple strings and everything goes you know so <laughs> but that, that that part's pretty solid um I, i'm trying to think here everybody is everybody was pretty much on point from what they what we had originally seen from them before whether we think that those representations are accurate compared to the comic books or not we're seeing it from a standpoint of what they are in the past movies, what they are in this movie. So, I mean, I think everything was good. Shoot, even Wong showing up oh, in yeah. there. Yeah. You know, it, we're, we were good on everything. And the Black Order, I, I kind of liked all of their stuff, too, you know? I, they they basically just ripped those straight from the pages. I mean, they didn't do much to change any of those characters. That's pretty much exactly the way they were in the comic books. And for anybody that's wondering, that's watched the movie and goes, man, I wonder how different they, they were from their comic book counterparts. I bet they have a rich history. No, not really. They're basically the same as they were in the comic books. They were sprung on us in the comic books out of nowhere and not really fleshed out all that well, <laughs> just like the movies. Yeah, like recently, right? They're, they're not <laughs> yeah, that old. They're only a couple of years old, so it's it's... They're kind of neat, and there is some. There's definitely some history to them because you have more chance to tell the history in the comics, but not so much. Um, what about uh, Stormbreaker? I I like when when it was created and that whole scene. Like that's fun. That scene is, uh, but the actual Stormbreaker itself, like the the actual the design, the actual design was cool. I didn't know like we when you see it being produced and then you see teenage Groot go and make the handle for it pretty yeah. sweet I didn't realize the per, from a perspective standpoint how big they made that like yeah, the actual size of it. so like it's it's a gigantic weapon compared to what Mjolnir was let's say well and even in the comics the the Stormbreaker was a little bit bigger but it was a little bit bigger than Mjolnir was. Not not like enormously bigger than. But I loved the presentation of that I thought it kind of lent this kind of uh, badassness to it that is just looked like it could chop somebody in half, and it was just crazy. And, uh, and another one of my memorable scenes is when he appears in Wakanda with Rocket and Groot and it's just like ta-da like that one yeah, like, yeah. okay that cool. entrance was good um, 
the Spider-Man, the mechanized Spider-Man armor. The Iron Spider. The Iron Spider. I was I, when they teased that in the previous movie. It's like, oh, come on, please. And it's just of of the you know throughout the life of any comic book character, they go through multiple costume updates because they're trying to stay fresh and new and relevant and different. And Spider Man, for the most part, for a very long time, didn't have a lot of changes. I mean, he had his black costume for a little while with the, the symbiote thing, but for the most part, not a lot of big changes. It's essentially the same old stuff. But during the whole Civil War thing in the comic books, that Iron Spider suit was really, really cool looking and did a lot of neat stuff and opened up some interesting possibilities. And I really hoped they would use it. And they, I think they really got the visual right and definitely integrated it in a, in a very cool way. Yeah, I, I, the, I guess the concept of it, when I when I think about all the things that Spider-Man does, is how is he using his tactile abilities with the iron suit on? But it's comic book, so yeah. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, but I've I think I've mentioned it before. Like a lot of my history on a lot of these characters stems from even even just watching TV shows or a lot of cartoons to be honest with you Nothing so I've, that. I've seen a lot of the iron spider in different iterations of the spider-man cartoons for example so mm-hmm. like that part of it was pretty cool like that it, it's not like m- me who doesn't read a lot of the comic books is just like oh I've never seen that before like no I I'd experienced it before so seeing it on the big screen to me was also pretty cool yeah, that's that. Those are the those are the notes that really stuck out in the changes that they made to the outfits and the uh, the the stuff that they were using. That was just that was the neat new stuff, and a lot of it was just more of the same that was really done well. Doctor Strange was still done really well. Wong was done fine. Uh, the Guardians looked good. Um, the you know everything was good the only downside really that i felt in any of the props or the costuming uh oh um and the, of course the infinity gauntlet how could i forget the infinity gauntlet that that looked just right i was concerned how it would present itself and how thanos's costume would play out because it could look really stupid if done wrong well you're right and i was going to point out the the his armor that mm-hmm. he had and his his look in this movie, which honestly was a little different from what it had been interpreted as in previous versions where you just got to see a bit of him. Like his skin tone was a little bit different, but you got to see the full complexion, his fancy chin, his, you know, his, his muscles, his, his, his size compared to everybody else. So like that part was sweet. You're right. The gauntlet was sweet. I think when you see it in the, in the comic books, because comic book interpretations and colors and designs can just mean so much different when they're on paper compared yeah. to the big screen. So, like, uh, a yellow glove, right? Mm-hmm. Which is... Kind really- of a, either a leather or a chainmail feeling kind of fluid glove in the comic books instead is more of a metallic bit of armor like from a, a knight's armor almost yeah, a little shine to it yeah. yeah so that was i think that was the proper interpretation of that definitely so now there were some things that i thought were kind of not done great or either if, if not not done great it just didn't strike me right it it was a little weird seeing the winter soldier without his arm 
there, but yeah, okay. It that didn't end up being such a big deal. White wolf. Yeah, white wolf. Um, and this is also minor. I just I like my black widow with red hair. I don't want to see my black widow with blonde hair. It's it's a small thing. It should be completely irrelevant, but I can't help it. Black widow has red hair. I don't care what shade of red, it just needs to be red. Yeah. It's always been that way in pretty much every comic. Pretty much. Every interpretation of her has been that way. And in the movies, for the most part, she's always been, whether it's long or short or whatever, some hint of red. And this time, not so much. And, and truthfully, it should, like I said, not only should it matter, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. People change their hair color. But it's so striking when it's been red this entire time and it changes the yellow. It's like, okay, well, there must be a reason. Uh, and they sort of just kind of play it off. Well, <laughs> side note on why Wanda lost her um, accent. That was never really discussed. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was the same thing that happened on the uh, Netflix series that I watched. That I'm, I'm mentally spacing at the moment, but it was it was vampires and werewolves, and had the uh, woman that played uh, uh, that played um, Jean Grey in the original X Men films in it, and she started the first season of that with just this really strong and not good accent. <laughs> and then by the second season, didn't have the accent anymore. Uh, oh, it was my throat injury. They didn't even do that for Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just kind of, it just went away, which was okay, you know, because it was kind of distracting in it some was. of the other ones. So, And, you know, I kind I didn't mind the accent. I thought she did okay with the accent in the, in the previous movies. And, you know, it's Wanda Maximoff. I always imagined her in the comics having an accent. Maybe not exactly like that, but it was close enough for, for government work for me. So it's just, yeah. yeah. You know what the thing that really threw me off was? As, as goofy as anything in the costuming, back to Captain America again. Didn't like the, didn't like the face stubble. Um, and he seemed very plain in his outfit. Well, he's abandoned all his ways. Well, yeah, sure, but he's always... He's a rogue agent. It doesn't matter if he's a rogue agent. Even when he was U.S. agent in the comic books, he still had a, a, a flag on his chest. Yeah, his outfit was black, but it's still red and white stripes. I'm still in my... Shield has that. Pretty much every incarnation, he, the reason he is that way is because he's the leader. He's the one, he's the rally point. He is the walking flag in the battle. That's where everybody goes to, to come, you know, get their courage back and go and, and fight the bad guys and win. And when he basically looks like his outfit is a recycled bit of furniture. Well, um, he had a blue star, didn't he? Maybe. Something on there. I think. The, I don't know. It, was, it was mild enough that I don't remember it. Uh, so, because everything was the same color, yeah. So it all just met, blended in. I, I, I did not like that choice. I mean, I understand it, but I really did not like that choice. If nothing, if you're going to make most of his outfit plain, give him the bright red, uh, bright, bright red uh, gloves at least, so I, I can say, oh, there's Switch a cap. it up a bit, yeah, something, you know. Uh, so, I mean, all in all, uh, costume and props uh, accompany uh, go for about. 10 points, and I'd say I'd give them a good 8 points on the costuming in this. Mm, you know, I, I 
I don't want to say that anything was necessarily off, but, um, you know, since it's such a low one and I want to rate the movie high, I'll give it a 10. <laughs> All right. that That is as good as anything for me. All right. So locations. My Lord, locations. They were everywhere. Uh, whether they were really there or not, they presented a lot of a lot of feels to it. I mean, the thing that everybody's going to remember, of course, is Wakanda because it's the most, it's the hugest and most climactic point of the movie. But Wakanda forever, exactly. But the 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 sequences abroad throughout the world, whether it's the New York sequences or uh, uh, like I was talking about with. Uh, them fighting the order was it in in was it Germany or London somewhere um, somewhere in Europe I'm spacing they were it. in Scotland Ireland something, something like, like that. that yeah Dublin so, well, yeah. I didn't know, I remember. it was nondescript enough that they could have said that they were in China and I'd have believed them because it's basically just you know houses yeah. and business district um, but the sequences on the ship in the air the sequences on the other planets. Titan. Yeah, I mean, it's just the. It was a rich variety. Everything had its own feel. Everything, and it was thematically linked, um, in in little in just little ways that seemed to seem yeah. to make sense. Um, Titan, nowhere, the Dead Star, whatever the name of that place is. Yeah, was so, it Niflheim? Sure. <laughs> it's got some. Consonants and a so, few vowels. So, something Heim. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always something Heim. Um, but. Uh, and then the, and just a couple of things in space. Like when the, the the very first sequence that you see is on the the trashed Asgardian ship. ship right. Yeah. And all the actors playing dead on the floor around you. And I'm yeah. walking through and what's his name? Black Order dude. Like. Talking the Ebony Maw, yeah, Ebony Maw, like you have been, blah, 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 blah. like it's just a, it's just a nice intro, but you see the devastation that's around you, right? So it's just a good entry, it's startup setting of it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I it mean, goes to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Where? Yeah, every time uh, I hear Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, I, it's, it's a terrible thing to think, but because of the whole politics thing always bleeding and everything, I think of Rick Sanctorum. <laughs> I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. Uh, but, uh, yeah, don't Google that. No, no, it's really not worth it. Um, stay, stay in fantasy. Stay away from all the politics. Stay where it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I'm not going to say much about locations. Not much needs to be said. But, I mean, just bottom line, the locations were, this was a 10 out of 10 for me. They, 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 there were plenty of different choices. All of them were vibrant. All of them felt thematic. Just good. All made sense. Yep. All made sense. Tens. Tens all around. Tens all around on that one. And then we go to the the cousin to that, the cinematography, uh, camera angles and lighting and CGI and how they tried to present the feel of the film uh, as it shifted. Do you have any kind of takeaways on that? Well, lots of colors, right? So you, you saw everything that you needed to see. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes in these movies because these people are trained to be actors, not trained to be 
martial artists yeah. to an extent. So if there are fighting scenes, it's always about cutting things and moving quickly so you don't see the flaws and what's going on. <laughs> and, and really, you get caught up in all that stuff, and you're you're cool. You don't you don't see any of the flaws. I not necessarily right. Yeah. Um, you see a little hints of it, but you're overanalyzing and you're looking for it when you do that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, that aspect of it. It, I think it was great. There's not a lot of things that they're trying to hide or cover up or move quick to avoid. Like I, I just felt like I, I talked about before the opening sequence when you walk. It's all the bodies laying and they're filming the slow feet. camera movements, almost uh, just a, a plod as it as it goes from space to space. Yes, and then the, the scene I was saying like we're. Captain America catches the spear and walks out of the shadows, and you're just like, "Oh no!" Like, like just the little filming of the angles and the and the view of that, and then when Thor comes to Wakanda and like the lightning, and then everybody's around him, and then they see the bad guys and rockets on his shoulder, and it like like it has a good look and a good feel to it. Maybe some cheesy stuff at the end when Thanos makes it to Wakanda and everybody's doing the slow motion walk trying to attack him and he just gets rid of them like they're nothing that type of stuff cheesy on that end part but it's it's worth it because you have to play up how crazy he is um the um the fun effects the shift in nowhere when they're dealing with the the use of the reality stone oh my word i was mildly concerned that it would either get left out or it would get messed up or something of that nature because it is really it is on display in the original comics the infinity gauntlet the 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 control and the kind of insane mentality that plays out into his control of reality it's like well how's that going to look in terms of the cgi that they're going to do for it and and it was fantastic. Just this, the little effects. Uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't. I'm glad they didn't try and turn anybody into into kids' block, but it got close. Yeah, yeah. you had the the blocks. You had the unraveling. Yeah, you got the bubbles. Um, yeah. wasn't there, there was butterfly. Was there butterfly in there later? Mm, okay. so, there might have been. So, all those little things, and that's something that we hadn't really touched on too. His usage of and the interpretation of his usage of each of the individual stones as he got them, he could use those to do the things that he wanted to do, um, let alone doing them as a whole, but doing them using their powers individually as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, the um, the uh, the dreamscape sequences where. Um, uh, where uh, Thanos sees G- Gamora as a child, um, uh, both the towards the end and and the, the the historical references to to how they met in the first place and what he did uh, that that had just again it had a very kind of a broad approach you know not a lot of uh, not a lot of you know, shaky cam or, or anything like that. No. Everything was done in a very grand sweeping style, it felt. I mean, in in the combat, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to whip things around a little bit, but... Con- control. Like, there's opposite ends of the spectrum, right? There's Clint Eastwood directing, and there's Michael Bay directing, right? And yeah. And you kind of 
meet somewhere in the middle where you have those controlled shots, but you have a little funky stuff too. So definitely, uh, you know, and and all in all, I thought the cinematography was just was just wonderful. The CGI was good. Um, the rendering of Thanos, uh, which could have looked like a California raisin if done really badly, looked fantastic. Um, as always, they did excellent with Groot and Rocket Raccoon and uh, the the instances of all of the armors and the cityscape. I mean, how hard must it have been for to be an actor? And it's like, okay, you're going to just act against green screens and just imagine that this person looks like this and... It's that's just crazy. So much of that had to be created just from scratch. Well, I saw some of the behind the scenes things, and Josh Brolin was the one. So at, at the end, right where he's where Thor has seemingly won the day, and he's leaning yeah. over like that is Josh Brolin with dots on his face and this big head contraption yeah. that does yeah. make his head appear bigger, right and. It's like got a like a, a point on the like a like a can I don't know if it's a camera or what it is. So you know where to look. Exactly. Yeah. So they they played the game well. They knew how to do it. I'd say that's easily probably an eighteen out of twenty for me on that one. Mm. No, let's do twenty. Let's kill it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if you're biased here. No. All right. So now now the area where I think it has the the most potential to have the the best nitpicking done, which is the, with the plot and the writing, um, to, to, to kind of broach the subject. You're always going to have kind of a little um, difficulty when you're doing a two-part movie uh, and you're approaching it as the culmination of a bunch of stuff and there are so many expectations from the fans it's it's there's there's no way in most instances that you're going to live up to expectations and there's almost guaranteed to be certain plot holes or whatever what did you think of the writing in general well i appreciate that they stuck close to the actual source material yeah to what they could yeah. right there's only so much that you can actually do when it comes to the comic book and relating it straight straight from paper to film, right? There's only so much you can directly do, but they did a good job. Shocked everybody that had no idea at the end. Like, did they really do that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, they did that, and it could have been a lot worse. But you know, yes, they did that. So, I, I think there are bits and pieces of it. So, you know, when when you look at some stories or some a few things we've re- reviewed in the past. The, the, the Justice League, which we've trashed many a times. Yeah. The big focus on that movie was we've got to not let them have the, 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 the mother boxes. And then they bring Superman back to life and just completely disregard the mother box that they use for it. <laughs> and then they do stuff and they turn around like, oh, he just got the last mother box. Like, come on, man. Like. You, you didn't even try. <laughs> so I, I, it's, I, the one thing that really bugged me about the plot was the whole Wakanda thing to begin with, and taking um, Vision there to get the thing, and like that whole, eh, that kind of was too convenient. Too convenient, and just eh. 
the the bad guys may sneak around. Let's open up this segment right here to filter them through this segment of the. the yeah, like come on, man. Like it just yeah. some of those things had some like some real, weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. didn't didn't track too much. I I had less issues with that. My issues were in other areas. So um, talking about the beginning of the film, you, this had just a massive uh, body count. And it as it should, and I definitely am one hundred percent behind that. And I was so thrilled to see the reaction of the crowd at the movie theater afterwards, just not knowing what to make of it. The silence is like, man, this is what I've been waiting for for decades. I just, I'm, I'm really th- thrilled about that part. But so they had, they started tried to start strong. It's like all the Asgardians are uh, basically dead, and Heimdall's barely alive, and he's going to do one more thing. And that, that was kind of a, a shame that that he didn't get some more time because that's uh, Idris Elba is a, a great actor and and did good with that part, and that's a fun character. Who who didn't like his? Yeah, well, yeah. That's why. That's ultimately probably what they got. Probably, rid of yeah. Now, but one thing that did bother me: we we're talking about characters that were missing. Okay, where was Valkyrie? Not only not there, not mentioned, just completely forgotten. Like, yeah, no, no, or Korg. Yeah, like where? Like, if you read the directors say this and this, or people say, oh well, yeah, they they made it. They went separately to. Do a thing for a thing, and like, cool, and yeah, there's no, no mention. At the very least, they did like we mentioned it before. We, we talked about it before they did mention Hawkeye. And they yeah. mentioned Ant Man. It's such a sore thumb when they when they do it with the other characters, but they don't do it with them. And and Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok was a dope, like a really good character. Yeah, like, you can't just disregard that character. So you're right. That omission was just. You couldn't have said two words? Yeah, that's or, all. I mean, you, you talked about Jane Foster. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's an important character, and it has an important role to play. But she wasn't in the other Avengers movies either. And she wasn't in the last Thor movie. So you could have probably ignored her for the most part and had no effect whatsoever because she didn't play into the plot. But when you're leading up from the previous Thor movie and they're all on the same ship, that's important. That's a huge oversight in in my eyes, and it it bothered me. Yeah, I, I... Hopefully that'll get addressed in the next one. Yeah, I'm hoping I hope so too. Yeah. Maybe we'll get the interesting B squad where it's going to be Ant Man, Hawkeye, Valkyrie, and Korg coming to save the day. Could be. I would be okay with that, but uh, uh, somehow I'm not quite seeing that as necessarily how they're going to play it. Yeah. Um, so and they did, and and again we go. I understand what what they're saying in terms of you can't really interact the movies to the television shows to the Netflix shows. But no, I don't buy it. That's that's a load of that's a load of hooey. I understand that they have different production schedules. I understand that it takes a certain amount of coordination to make something like this happen. And you know what? 
no, it doesn't make sense to have all of the cast members of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show up in, in the Avengers movies. It doesn't make sense to necessarily have uh, uh, Luke Cage show up, except that they're fighting in New York. And that's where they are. They're not just going to kind of sit there, as they've already shown in their own shows. They're not just going to sit back and do nothing. That was a different borough in New York. Yeah, right, right. So it's all of that. That's uptown. We don't have to worry about uptown. No, yeah, that, that's, we're good. That's hooey. Uh, they could have. They could have spent one scene, a very brief scene, even a portion of a scene. You know, they're fighting in New York. How easy would it have been with Doctor Strange and and uh, and the uh, Ebony Maw and all of them kind of going crazy in New York to just see Matthew Murdoch in his lawyer get up and he looks at it and he kind of does the tease to the same. It's like, and then he looks at what they're doing and then just kind of, kind of leaves the button back up and keeps walking. Yeah. Or maybe they're somewhere battling something and a big piece of thing falls off a thing and, and Luke Cage is there and he can push somebody, push out, of somebody out of the way or save them in some yeah. way. Yeah. And it's subtle. Just, just a little something or a mention, even a word, not even a word. Come on. This is the whole thing. This is what every comic, well, maybe not every comic book fan, but the majority of comic book fans and and those of us that love this sort of thing, that is what excites us about this, that it is all connected. Or do a a post-credit scene scene where they fade away too, or Clark Gregg is somewhere and he fades away, you know, like... Coulson, I guess I should say. But like, you know, something. I mean, he's going to be in... um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. So yeah. it's not like they're completely ignoring him, even though that was from the eighties. Captain Marvel's going to be from the eighties. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it it's that was bothersome to me a little bit. And I know I'm this kind of nitpicky, but I mean if you're gonna talk about it being a shared universe, you don't get to have it both ways. It's a shared universe or it's not. Um Spider Man. He's uh, in New York. He yeah. saw everything happen. Yeah. He shot some web and then went and caught everything. So, oh yeah, he can can move. That's what it is. He could get there faster than the others could. (laughs) Yeah, the other guy had. Yeah, uh, Matthew Murdock had to get a cab, and uh, you know, it it just wasn't going to happen. I had to be in court. No, I can't do this today. Yeah, I'm busy. Um, But as far as everything else went, I thought it flowed remarkably well from scene to scene. I thought the dialogue was snappy. Uh, there was there was no phrase that I can think of off the top of my head that just stood out as going, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, I did like the fact that they took the chance on the writing to make everybody hate Star-Lord. Uh, well... Uh, well, most everybody. I didn't hate him because I, I thought that was hilarious and I knew I knew what was going to happen and that was almost as entertaining as anything else. But Well, I feel like in previous iterations of, let's say, the cartoon or the comic book, people don't like Star-Lord. Oh, yeah, he's punk. And, and that's part of the appeal. He's, he's kind of the Han Solo style character, but not as nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just... So I, I think the draw of him in the previous movies has been his his human side, of course, interacting with everything else. But yeah, I mean, throw that in. He's he's always kind of been the outcast who brings people together that not everybody likes. So yeah, 
do it in this movie too. Cool. And the truly telling thing, I think the final thing I'll say about the writing is for those of us that went in knowing that half of everybody was going to die and that it's going to be a huge toll of, of life that's just going to come back in the next movie and in the vast majority They've it's already still, announced Spider-Man sequels. Yeah. They've already announced all these sequels like of the people that died. Like You know they're going to come back. It's, it's not like this is permanent. Yeah. It still had an impact, though. Yeah. And the way it was written, it was well done enough that you're, you're moved when you know Spider-Man is looking at Tony and fading away. And it's rough. Improvised, from what I read. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. But so... Even even though normally, if it didn't have those big holes that I had issues with, I probably would have given it a 20. As it stands, I think that's really the only weakness. I'd, I would go down to probably a 15 out of 20 on that one. Yeah, I don't think it's a 20 for sure. It's hard to do the scope of that and have it be so cohesive and just like, oh, man, the plot's on point on this one. Yeah, I, I get that one. Um, I'll go with an 18 on that one. 18? All right. So, do you have any bonus points? Hmm. We should probably... I'm trying to think here. We should probably throw in... I'm going to do one bonus point. One. Yeah. And that's for what I've mentioned before, which was Red Skull. I, I like the fact that that was acknowledged in a neat way. Um, one of the... one. Of the, I guess I've kind of always enjoyed the Captain America movies. I was never a Captain America comic person, um, but I liked the movies. I, a lot of people, the first Avenger, thought that movie was okay. I liked that movie. Yeah, um, me too. So just to see the Red Skull, it would be so nice to see a movie in the future that's got Red Skull and Modoc and just like a collaboration of bad guys together. That would be doing fun. Doing bad things. Masters of evil in some way. Yeah, yeah. So that's now moderately possible. Maybe. And 1% possible. You know, I don't know. Well, um, Zemo's still alive, so, you know, there's that. That's true. But, oh, uh, yeah, I will probably give a total of two bonus points. One, or not, for a combination of four things. One was, just as you said, the, the Red Skull bit was really nice. Uh, the Crimson Bands that you mentioned earlier, that's one of my favorite shticks from from uh, from Doctor Strange. And seeing that in there was, was really, really fun and just kind of a, a nice uh, nod to things. But uh, also, the... Um, Oh, no, I'm having a brain freeze. I had a couple other things that that just kind of hit. Oh, um, trying to sort of address the whole death, Mistress Death thing without addressing Mistress Death in the way that... uh, and the way that they kind of presented the the Gamora, the child Gamora at the end, I felt was kind of a nod to, to the mistress death. Will she show up in the next one? Ooh, yeah. See what I have done for you. Yeah, and it's just, and there was there was at least one or two other just little nuggets that they, they threw in that were just, just fun like that, that I felt was really nice. Or the inclusion of characters, they really didn't have to include uh, from from the uh, from the other films, but so I'll probably give it two points for that. Um, so let's see what that brings our totals to. We've got 
Uh, uh, 1,000. Yeah, it kind of feels like that uh, to a certain extent. Uh, so, Well, looking back in our ratings that we did, right now one of our highest rated movies is Black Panther, and I don't think it's one of the best movies we've seen. No, so. no. Well, and if you look at our list that we do have on the website, actually Black Panther doesn't rate. Uh, Deadpool ranked higher than that, and so did uh, Ragnarok. So it's... Uh, uh, I, I think that there's nothing to say that it wasn't a good movie because it really was. No, it was a good movie, yeah. Uh, I but, think a lot of things we've reviewed have been better than that one. All right, so with bonus points and all, that puts me at a solid 90, which is an A-, minus. which for me, being as critical as I am of most movies, that's, that's about as good as you're going to get. Um, I was really happy with that. You put it at a 98. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so A plus range for for Richard on this one. Um, I'd say I'd say that's a pretty pretty fair and and uh, and uh, mostly unbiased uh, rating system or rating uh, efforts that we did. I mean, it's no cable guy, but it's it's <laughs> right, there. right. Well, I have definitely enjoyed this movie. I'm going to watch it again. Hopefully, you enjoy the movie, and maybe we pointed out some things that uh, you had forgotten or that you enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. If you have the opportunity to either get this on a digital platform or buy the Blu-ray, DVD, digital combo, do it. Because I think this is something that will be easily revisited um, in the future, especially when the next one comes out next spring. Then you can watch this one right before you watch that one. That's right. And basically, I just want to say that until next time, we'll be seeing you at the movies. Wait, no. That's Siskel and Ebert. We can't say that, can mm, we? Or is it Roper and... Uh, <laughs> No, he's by himself now, I think. I don't know. <coughs> uh, but it, it is, uh, we will definitely be reviewing some more movies. We will have, uh, there's at least going to be uh, two or three comic book movies coming next year. And we may be including a few other interesting movies that are coming along the way. Mm-hmm. An old Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Favorite. Revisited. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it could be interesting. We, we never can tell. There's a lot of really interesting movies in the previews right now. I want to see. I want to see Christopher Robin for sure. That ought to be a lot of fun. Does he play with birds? <laughs> he plays with Pooh Bear. Digger. Oh, he plays with Pooh. Okay, guys. <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys. Bye bye.